This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are going back to July the 16th, 1994, in the ECW arena and discussing Heat Wave 1994. It is two hours of 94 ECW. That's the best way to describe it, right, guys? Somebody's dog's not going to discuss 1994 Heat Wave. <laughs> he was shutting up the whole, the whole time I've been sitting out. He's shutting up. Then we or is that one of your kids? Now it's the neighbor's dog. He was over there just fucking hanging out. And the minute Nate's like, welcome to the show. (laughs) Well, there you hear my co-host, my brother Aaron and Chad Austin. And like I said, this time around, Heat Wave 1994 is the topic. The ECW Arena, July 16th, 94. According to Wikipedia, the attendance was 850. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's accurate. It is Wikipedia. You think less? I think maybe. Wouldn't it? Maybe. I don't know. Were they? Were they? Was the arena full by this point every week? It was, dude. Honestly, guys, it was really hard to tell. Mm, The lighting, because they could, if if they could put, you know, another ass every eighteen inches, they were going to squeeze that dude in there. So I mean, you could look at it and go like, all right, all the seats look filled. There's people standing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they they haven't implied the bleachers yet, right? I don't think so. No. Yeah. So it's basically all just SRO, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess at this time in 1994, it's as pretty much as full as you're going to get. Okay, just keep the keep the keep the big fat guy out of the way of the fire exit. Right? I was just say that, that's impressive if they're squeezing him in there. If you look out at that crowd, it's like, oh, it it's the like, same people. Yeah. If you ran that building like, tomorrow, the ones that are alive would still be there. That guy's 345 on the hoof. We got to stick his fat ass in here somehow. <laughs> you, still got, you still got Buck Robley out there with his dumb signs. <clears throat> Good Lord, that guy. That guy hated when I would call him Buck Robley. I'm like, how, how could you not call yourself Buck Robley? You know, you got a big curly black afro and a big beard and yeah, you're Buck Robley. If you're rocking the look, you got to accept the name. Yeah, nobody calls you yellow. What's the matter with you? <laughs> well... The opening match of this show is, uh, hey, Rockin' Rebel's still here. It's Rockin' Rebel and Hack Myers against the Bad Breed, of course, the Rotten Brothers here in the ECW arena. Um, the, 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 I guess the, the two notes, the two biggest notes that I have on here is I, I was surprised Rebel's actually getting a pop during this match. Like, the crowd actually seems like they're actually into Rockin' Rebel. No, I think they know he was leaving. I, that, I, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. And I, I feel bad to say that for Chuck because he was a friend of mine. But I kind of think that between the, not, not the internet, but Meltzer, you know, mm-hmm. and they realized they weren't using his license anymore to run, you know, Pennsylvania shows. I kind of thought that they knew that, yeah, he's, this is about it for him. Well, the, uh, the other thing I have about this match is first, firstly, it's too long. It was too long for the participant, considering the participants, um, Aaron, what did you think of this one? Uh, just that there's not a good haircut in the whole lot. It's like, Jesus Christ. Jesus. Uh, hope Nobody opens a hair versus hair match and they get double DQ'd. Everybody got a great clip before the show? <laughs> Apparently not, because now that you're thinking, now that you're mentioning Aaron, I, I agree. And, and even my wife, the lovely Miss Jessica, even said, including me. Well, I mean, it was the 90s, man. Oh. That was not acceptable ever. That mullet was gorgeous. The uh, uh, the the bad breed win the match. I don't have a lot of notes on it. 
Rebel and uh, and Hack have a little heat after the match, and then they have a little brawl, and out they go. Um, I don't know if you guys had any more to, to mention on this one, because I took very few notes. Yeah, I, I just didn't think... I mean, Axel apparently appeared to, to look like he didn't want to be there, and Ian apparently tried to do just too much. Not, yes. not I, I don't mean that in a bad way, because trying is not a, you know, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when the execution... Who the hell does a a splash and they don't even get four inches off the ground? Like when he tries to splash somebody, like he, like he, you know what I mean? It's the worst splash I've ever seen. It has little to no impact on that splash whatsoever. You can't even fake the impact on that one. No, but yeah, I mean, as far as as far as it was, you know, you have Hack and Rebel because I mean, weren't they getting into a, they were getting into an angle anyway, right? So it didn't yeah. really matter who won, correct? Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter who won. So the match could have just stunk up the joint, and it wouldn't have really nobody would have remembered any of it anyway. I also did notice during the match that they actually the crowd had already started the the Shaw chance. I thought that came later, but I guess I guess I was wrong. They were actually doing the Shaw chance during this well, match. Maybe it was Peacock sweetening it yeah like last week with the mikey chance and the somebody at peacock gives a shit that much huh like hey tim what do you want he's like 1994 ecw that is sweet that's the job that i want to do i want to go into the you know into the studio and edit the shows and i want to add shop the next match speaking of chad and his hair mikey whipwreck the ecw tv champion against Chad Austin, and at the beginning of this, Chad introduces Jason as his new manager. The um, sexiest manager in the world. Yes, the sexiest manager in the world. How do you like my Chad Austin? I don't know how I liked him, because we never really talked. The match itself, I thought, was pretty good, I'll be honest. Um, well, you should have thought it was pretty good, because <laughs> Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. As well he should have. Um that's right up there with um an Osamu Nishimura match or uh, Nanobu Nakanishi. In today's in today's observer, it might get eight stars. Oh yeah, I mean no 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 because we didn't do any super kick. No, we we didn't we didn't break a table, <laughs> and we didn't have any super kick, so that, <laughs> it wasn't gonna get eight stars. But I mean, Meltzer was there. Oh really? Yeah, I mean nobody nobody knew it. If any if anybody knew it, Paul was the only one that knew it, and. When, you know, when I got home and I, you know, read, got the Observer and I read it and he, and, and it, he said that, I, I mean, for just for phrasing, he said that I looked like I knew what I was doing and I carried Mikey mm-hmm. and which was the case because I had been in the business a couple years longer than Mike. So it was like, it was still being Mikey putting the match together, but it was me kind of, you know, mm-hmm. leading it. Well, not even not e- me having never even been in the ring watching the match. I could tell you were leading the match. There was that was pretty obvious. You know, it was you could tell that you were controlling the pace and and all that. Um, the Aaron, any thoughts here? I don't want to steamroll uh, you. It's fine. I just think that is this the it first was fine. I, I, <laughs> That's it was fine. No, I said it's fine. <laughs> he was steamrolling me. The match was good. <laughs> The match was fine. It's fine. <laughs> it was like I just I walked out of a great clips. Ah, it's fine. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah. I'll, I'll go um, over it. I, what I wrote is I could be wrong. I don't know. But is this the first match that Mikey's been the champ that he's gotten any offense 
Um, I, I would say probably because I think the whole entire angle was set up because if I, if, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I was still the underdog guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was put in the position to work with Mikey, who was another underdog guy. But here I am with a chip on my shoulder, you know? So it kind of like, it kind of made me of like the aggressor, you know, kind of, kind of heel kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right, Aaron. I think that's the way it was supposed to be booked, but nobody told us that. I think See, that's, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. Like, like we've been talking, Nate's been asking like for a couple of weeks, like did Paul know what he was doing with you or whatever? And I think Paul knew what he was doing. He just wasn't communicating it to anybody. You know what oh, I mean? No, He's no, like, no, no. like these two guys that had have, have had little offense with anybody and put them in the ring, and then they just have this this fine match that everybody yeah, sees. There's no communication. No, 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 not a, yeah, no, correct. You know, it, it's it's the referee, and he's telling you, look, they're giving you, you know, nine to twelve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just get it over. And, and, and besides, me and Mikey like each other, and we were both so eager. And I had already been in the business probably with 93, like three years. And Mikey had been in the business like a year and a half. So I guess he expected me to lead the match. And I just figured this is the, this is the way the match should be laid out. You know? Right. Right. You know, you're the underdog guy. I'm just going to beat you up. So in, in, EC, in ECW at this time, like for this, say for this match as an example, because you can speak to it personally. Was somebody giving you okay, I know you you know they'd say you got eight to twelve, but was somebody giving you your finish? Or do you guys come up with your own finish too? No. It was me go over. Okay. Because that wasn't the finish. The finish right. was me doing the promo. So Paulie didn't give a shit whatever the finish was. You know, the actual one, two, three finish was. Because mm-hmm. that wasn't the finish. So it was like beat him. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give him a half ass leg drop, beat him. And then I'm going to turn heel on the fucking people. I think. I hope. <laughs> I wish. I wanted to. Well, you kind of do here because um, through a few false finishes or the the proverbial "I've got you pinned, but I'm going to bring you back up for the three because I'm not satisfied as a heel in beating you." Um, eventually, chicanery with Jason, and that being said, Chad does win the match. However, in the end. Because his character does not want to give the ECW crowd happiness. He does not want them to be happy about a title change. Chad tells the referee that he won with brass knuckles. And the referee reverses the decision and the title goes back to Mikey Whip. I hope I I explained that properly. I'm just trying to figure out if I knew this going into it. That I decided I was going to put brass knuckles in my trunks. (laughs) 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 And, 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 And it was the... Who was the goof in the locker room? I was going to ask if he had, hey, people number one, you got any brass knuckles? <laughs> and he's like, why? Because I want to cheat. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, what, what was my my whole entire mindset of putting the brass knuckles in there? I I have no idea, man. I, I mean, I, I just knew that was this that was one of my. I mean, I I loved working Mikey. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mikey was. Mikey was, and I worked him a couple years after that. Not not a whole lot of years. It was still like ECW years. Um, a couple years after that, we worked for like three days in a row. And I was like, dude, I'll do this, you know, all day long. And at that point, Mikey was getting better. I was getting better. And he was getting better. 
You know what I mean? So then the matches just started clicking. Like, if I can find the match that we had in Atlantic City on the boardwalk, like, I thought that it was like right after the show. Like, this show was on a, what, Friday or Saturday? This this was on this was on Saturday. The boardwalk show was on Sunday. Yeah. So the next yeah, and me and Mikey had a show, had a match on that show, and I thought like, man, this was like this was our match. This is the match we should have had then, but we had never touched. You know. Mm-hmm. So you kind of gotta work around that shit. Aaron, any other thoughts on this match up here? Uh, just. Like I said, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. And uh, Mikey had a good flying clothesline. Uh, Chad did a good job helping Mikey through the match. And afterwards, they they beat the shit out of Mikey. Did you see my you see my backdrop? My world famous backdrop? Yeah. The, 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 it was a, there was a, you did a really good brain buster in this matchup, too. Oh, right. The slingshot. Yes, that was really that was that that looked very very good. That was cool. Well, you know, for 1994, I was very innovative. I, I, I was I was scouring the web TVs. I had to I had to find stills of how to do new things. Watch a you had to pause a video and let it buffer for an hour, and then you could watch the video. If we're talking about 94, yeah. Pretty- Pretty much. <laughs> I had to go downstairs and tell my mom to get off the phone. Yeah, get off the phone. <laughs> Come on. I, 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 I need Try, to get on web TV. I'm trying to watch Buck Robley. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, believe me, I never have a problem watching Buck Robley. I can go right upstairs right now and just pull out a best of Buck Robley, like a 10-disc compilation. It'll blow your mind. It should blow your mind the fact that I have a 10-disc compilation of Buck Robley. What will not blow your mind is the next match, ladies and gentlemen. We have Tommy Dreamer. Hey, hold on. We're not going to talk about Chad's little laugh and skip at the end of the match. Oh, I forgot. I didn't write it down. <laughs> oh, my Brian Christopher? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my Brian Christopher. And and, and believe you me, not a fan. He, he, he was not, not a fan of of my imitation of him and he let me know it and it's funny because his father was in the locker room as well and he laughed and just said oh he's a fan of yours and i, I was like yeah well i guess i was imitation it yeah what's that expression imitation is the greatest form of flattery oh it wasn't <laughs> brian christopher i mean because i thought like you know what was he said this is 94 okay yeah. so you know brian christopher had been around for what a year and a half, but at at most, at the most, yeah, yeah. And he had just started doing them, um, them videos, like them videos where he was collecting gold, and he was like, the, it was like the Elvis song, and mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And that was kind of like what I was, what I was digging at that time. And I'm like, this is the guy. I, this is, I think, this is the guy. Like, you know, he could be the next guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't mean the next guy to die, right. <laughs> I just meant the next guy in general, but you know how things work out. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it, and I thought that if I, if I could just bring a little bit of that to ECW, you know, because some people would know who he is, right? Right, right. But but I wouldn't want to be compared directly to you know stealing his gimmick. You know what I mean? Just just uh, what was it? Let's just piggybacking a little bit. That's all. Borrowing it, borrowing, yeah. borrowing aspects of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm better than you, and I don't have any way to prove it because I have I have nothing to show that I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. But that's that's part of being a heel, too, you know? I mean... Yeah, I got nothing to back it up. 
And you don't have to. As long as the heel believes in what they're talking about, they really, really, their core believe it, then that makes it make sense to them. That's the mentality. Well, that's what we're, that's what heels are supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. As I got older in the business, like I, I, I'd learned like how to become a great heel. You know, because, you know, when you're watching this stuff now in 94, you got to remember, I have only been in the business, what, two and a half years. Right. Yeah. Didn't know shit from Shinola. You know, I didn't know fucking nothing. You know, I didn't know how to do anything. And it wasn't until a couple years later that, you know, when I left and I went other places and I learned how to work. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, I got to be somewhere where I can work with people that I can learn to work with. Because right. what, what am I going to learn from Rock and Rebel? <laughs> or, or or what am I going to learn from, learn from 911? Up, right. down, in the story? From Rock and Rebel. Make sure you get a license, kid. Then they'll need to book you. Yeah, brother. That, that, that little fucking community center in Sheboygan. They're going to fucking, they're going to need your license. Talk to Wolfman about getting yourself a ring. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. No, but first you have to go through fucking Hangman. What's his name? Harley Watkins or whatever his name is. What a business. <laughs> it's up, <laughs> up next, it's Tommy Dreamer and Stevie, well, Steve Richards, as they're calling him still here, with Angel in his corner. And uh, yes, she is. She is. She is definitely back. Like a case of herpes. She is back. Dude, she's terrible. Probably with a case of herpes, but I actually, I actually even have have uh, wrote down here. Joey alludes to the fact that Angel is a whore during this during his commentary in this match. She alludes it to herself, like she says it later on. I wrote it down. <laughs> well, well, just because you wrote it down doesn't make it right. I wrote it down. <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> I also wrote down that I made a million dollars last year. Doesn't make it right. And and I'll, I'll, I also falsified a job application and told them they had any job special skills. And I said, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And I got home and Jess goes, did they call you back? I go, no. They obviously <laughs> weren't They obviously weren't looking for somebody who knew what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, during this match, this is pretty basic, um, I thought. I mean, Stevie, Stevie, looks, Stevie looks good. Tommy looks like Tommy. But during commentary, Joey is landed on really thick about Tommy Dreamer and how he's getting more hardcore and how he's adjusting to ECW. And he's not the, 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 the baby face kid that came in here, you know, six months ago or whatever. So they're trying in your, they're trying to change Tommy's image as we're going on here, because obviously, as we saw, the image that he came in with did not work and the crowd did not like him. So they're obviously trying to change his image at this point and make him what more of a badass or try to sound like more of a badass. Is that what you guys picked up on? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say badass as far as I would, would say that he's hardcore and he wants to just please the people, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think badass when I see Tommy Dreamer. I just think that yeah, he wants to he wants to make people happy, you know. Right. And he'll he be he'd be willing to go out there and and do whatever, and he has, and he still does for fucking whatever reason. I don't fucking know. He's older than me. I don't know how is this guy still doing this, and, and who's booking him? Another thing I want to know. You guys can't find anybody else in Sheboygan. They found out the rebel was dead. Well, call Tommy Dreamer. Aaron, your comments on this matchup. Um, Joey fucks up and says that this is Steve Richards' debut in ECW. 
It's like, no, it's not. Like, he teamed, like, last week with, with some other schlub. I don't remember who he teamed with last week. But he fought uh, – it was Hack Myers. He teamed with Hack Myers, and they fought the Funk Brothers, like, last week. And Joey's like, oh, Steve Richards did a good job in his debut here in ECW. <laughs> oh, yeah, that like, was the uh, – that was that was the matter. headlock. That was the headlock match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was in the headlock match. <laughs> the infamous headlock match. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand why Meltzer don't have that as a category in his year-end awards. Best headlock match. The, who had the best headlock match every year? It's Dory Funk. It's oh, dude, you you, you got it out before I did. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, if it's not Dory Funk every single year, it's the annual Dory Funk <laughs> Junior Headlock Memorial Match. Oh, he ain't dead, but it just looks like it, right? Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't I say that because of Marty. I think he's, he's dead. Just he's probably dead. Just nobody's told him. <laughs> M- Marty's still kayfabing him. Yeah. They ain't called time of death yet, so he's still just walking around. Like M- Marty, Marty still puts him in like the the sunroom in front of a window, so the neighbors yeah, like, can see him. His, it's like Bernie. Like on Weekend at Bernie's 2. Oh, good. As long as, long as you're playing like a Conway Twitty song in some way, like somewhere close to him, his body will just move around. Yeah, but but you could have done that while he was still alive. <laughs> you just, you just like, grab him. And, like, like, like I've, you, seen it, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I have seen Marty lead him around in a hotel before. Like to get coffee in the morning because I think, I mean the way that the way that I the way that I remember it and it it may not be accurate and I'm not you know I'm not going to dispute that but the way I remember it is we were all downstairs getting breakfast and Marty got up like an hour before him and she went down and start you know getting everything ready breakfast ready and then when the elevator door opened and then Uncle fucking Dory walks out and he don't know where to go. And Marty just grabs him and is like, over here. <laughs> your, your eggs and your muffin are over here. That's over here. That's, no, you know, and he's just happens, like, yeah, it wasn't a great conversation. What I think happens is like he'll be slumped in his recliner, and then she just puts the earbuds in his ear, hits Hello Darling by Conway Twitty on fucking loop on his iPod, and he just stands up and starts walking around like Bernie. <laughs> oh, 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 Lomax. <laughs> oh good lord subtitle of this show weekend at dory's there you go weekend at dory's too oh two i'm sorry fuck i'm corrected i'm sorry no didn't they already have that they already had a, a weekend at dory's too didn't they that's coming up later on in the barbed wire match <laughs> oh that's where i'm at right now Oof. i did it in the the thing about the Dreamer uh, Stephen Richards match, I did like. I thought the finish was good. Stevie gets hits a, a fist off the top rope, and then he goes to do a second one, and Tommy catches him in the sleeper hold, which obviously they call the Dream Weaver, and no, wins the like match. Shit, it looked like what? shit. It looked like shit. It was like in slow motion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't catch that, but uh, I, I'm totally not going to disagree with you. <laughs> Like, like, he goes for it, and it's supposed to be like Tommy grabs him quick, but like fucking Steve's fucking feet grab, like hit the mat, and then Tommy flips him over into it. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Dreamer, I mean, Dreamer to me is somebody that, like, I don't not like him as a person, but I don't like him as a person. And working around him, 
he just doesn't to me he just doesn't give any nothing to the locker room you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i mean you could hear him right when you hear him do on like any of his shows or anything like that when he's on busted open or his podcast right he's just ah i'm tommy dreamer tommy's about tommy right i don't fucking know what he is <laughs> uh, i mean he's fucking about half fucking dumb if you ask me well he asked the mat after the match, he cuts a promo um, talking about the Shane and Sabu match coming up later on the night. Challenges the winner for that match and calls Shane Douglas a piece of shit. And then Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes come to the ring. And we apparently get an impromptu Mr. Hughes-Tommy Dreamer match. Dreamer up match up here. The big cat. On a take off. Great minds think alike. That's <laughs> the only thing I've done in my life. Watch cars. Undertaker. Um, uh, that trash I took out the other day? Wash cars? Undertaker. Like his, resume is, his resume is building like mine as we speak. <laughs> well, not not right now as we speak, but um, I, I, I hope I have a better resume than him now because he's not still alive, right? No, he's still alive. Oh, he can't be. <laughs> <laughs> Every That's week you're putting another dude in the ground. There's no, there's no chance. I'll look it up. (laughs) Are you telling me that that Curtis Hughes is still alive and Moondog Spot's not? Yes. Oh, all right. I mean, you you can tell me that all day long. (laughs) I don't have to like it. He is still alive. He can't be alive. He's 57 years old and he's still alive. 57? 57. You're fucking joking. Like, what? What are you, what are you a web TV? What the fuck are you? What, what, what are you got? Dial up? What internet are you using? That you're going to tell me that Mr. Hughes is still alive at 57 years old in 2022 and it's 1994. He played football in what, the late 80s? He's still alive. He's walking around somewhere or sleeping. I doubt very seriously he's walking around. I don't he's, know. he's sleeping. <laughs> He's being wheeled around somewhere. Dude, I'd probably take him I'd probably take him medicine to his fucking nursing home and don't even know it. <laughs> like, he, 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 I, I, I got this medicine. He lost, he, lo- he lost a foot he lost a foot to diabetes a couple of years ago. Oh, just He's one? Like, I got a Jen's like, I got a package for B cat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, my, my, my package was for M. Hughes. <laughs> and we don't have anybody here named M. Hughes. Is it Michael? Uh, is, you know, Mitchell? Um, he, he'll be know. the guy that's just screaming Undertaker, Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the guy run, He's the guy limping around those stairs with one foot with a carrying an urn. He don't he, know what's going on. He can't hang out with Luger no more. <laughs> Who's gonna help who? <laughs> uh-huh. Jesus yeah, like it's gonna be it's gonna be Mr. Hughes sitting in Luger's lap and Buff Bagwell is gonna be pushing him around. <laughs> because neither one of them have enough money to buy two wheelchairs. They're just gonna share one. That's embarrassing as fuck. That's a shame. <laughs> that's our review of the tommy dreamer curtis hughes match here <laughs> and, and you can you can always follow me <laughs> he's, he's like with- hey Lou, you want to go to the mall and he's like no if one of us falls we're both fucked 
You have to go like when all the like the old people are walking around in the mall. That way, there's always there's always like some security there to help you. Life alert bracelet. Yes, yes. busy and Harley's dead. We don't have anybody to take us. He he says he gets his life goes, Can I help you? Look, I've fallen and I can't get up. Somebody call the Motor City Madman. Maybe and Undertaker, he help out. He's calling. He's calling Life Alert. And he's yelling Undertaker. <laughs> and, and, and they're gonna like rush the ambulance out. Yes. There. Did you say you need an Undertaker? Yeah, Undertaker. <laughs> Can't be the Motor City Madman anymore. That dude's old and big too. So he's probably the Motor Scooter Madman. He's not like a fucking Mark Cart. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that guy roar before. Motor City nope. Madman? No, I mean, I, I, I definitely have magazines that he's in, and I definitely know that I have tapes, but I'm just, there's no chance. I know he did. He was on, I think, Aaron, wasn't it a Clash of Champions? Him and him and, him and and Hughes were going after Lex Luger or something like that. Oh, when he's yeah. just one of them job guys? Yeah, when it, like him and Hughes. Paulie, are... Paulie brought him in. Like, Paulie brought him in for some reason. I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was because like Sid got hurt or something. I don't remember what it was. Some combo. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. But Shane Douglas matter. cuts a promo after this match in the ring and calls Angel into the ring because uh he wants her to be his head cheerleader tonight to help counteract Paul E dangerously. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not her friend. I'm sure. I don't know. I <laughs> It could be Jessica's friend, Angel. So this is the beginning of the head cheerleader gimmick, and obviously Angel is not keeping this gimmick. Uh, that's going to be going to somebody else in the future. But um, the next match on the show is the Pitbulls are to take on Taz and his mystery partner. Todd, Todd Gordon comes out to the ring and says he is uh, he wants to postpone the match because of transportation problems for Taz's partner. Um, and yeah, of course he's screaming in his Todd Gordon voice. Oh, good lord! They never even had a fucking mystery partner. What's that? Do you think? Another, I mean, do you think that's really the case? They never had anybody. So I mean, I mean, what what do you think? What do you think the plan was? And what do you think they did to fix it? Now, see, to be honest with to to be honest with you, because I haven't seen this in so long, I didn't remember. I I thought. I was I was figuring the the plan was that his mystery partner was going to be Snooka based on the last TV that we saw. Well, that if it was Snooka, it could be transportation problems. Or he just <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call what? no showing that, yeah, probably. That's what you call it when you just don't leave your house. Transportation problems. TCB, brother, I got transportation problems. Metal Maniac called off today. No, I think <laughs> I think there was way, killed a woman. I think there was way woman. bigger plans for that that match. Hmm. I'm I'm trying to think of some of the names that were being tossed around. Like, how far are we from when the wing guys come in? What's that? We're like four months away. Yeah, probably. So that's right they, they, the, don't they come in in the fall? I think. I thought it was the summertime. Like okay, like like around the end of the summer. So you're right, probably the fall, end of the summer. But I I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that was right around the whole. Uh, uh, Mitsuhiri Matsuhara, like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when Mr. Danger was a was a big deal, and they already had Onita, and they weren't going to bring in Onita. That wasn't going to happen because I I remember one time somebody I don't remember who it was spitting out 
how much money Onita wanted. And I'm just going like, dude, this is, you can't you can't put enough people in this building to, to, pay, yeah, to, to pay that. A, I mean, I mean, for the plane ticket, let alone you know the thing. So, um, I want to I, I want to say there was somebody pegged to be in that spot, but and, what do I know? I don't. I, I mean, it could have been too. Like I said, I just I just got the feeling from just that this is they did the little angle thing with with uh, Taz and Snooka a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever on TV that that was going to be. That was going to be the partner, but maybe you're right. There might have been something bigger planned because they are they are they are starting to try to make these monthly arena shows a big deal. You know, really promote them almost like they're a pay per view. So you would definitely want to start booking some surprises. Yeah, and we're definitely we're definitely coming to the end of the era of in case of an emergency, you know, get snooker. Right, <laughs> like that's fucking that's coming to an end because the mm-hmm. people that are there, they, you know, fuck, they don't give a shit. Either his car broke down or he killed a woman. One reason, <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. He's like, he's like TCB, brother, taking care of bitches. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, the pit bulls continue to beat down um, Taz here, and did you notice get, the not, chant? What's that? Did you notice the chant they were? Yelling at I the pit bulls. I did not. They were, they were calling them shit bulls. Shit bulls. Shit well, bulls. What, where was the we want blood or vodka chant? Oh, that was during the Sandman Cairo match. I wrote that down. Or somebody had a sign that said we want blood or vodka. And that, that's all I could. That's all I could fucking fix in. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Well, there's all there's all kind of shit going on outside the ring here during this thing, but no, yeah, no. no for no reason and no camera work on it because the they're just you know you just see the tops of people's heads or whatever in the aisle way but the gist of this whole thing is sabu comes out to team with taz and um this is the beginning well i guess that's not the beginning of sabu and taz we saw them many months back have a match on tv but uh this is where we're going to start i think heating things up between these two guys taz and sabu win after taz hits a tazplex and Although confusing, it was a decent payoff for the mystery partner thing to see these guys team together, even though it was brief, don't you think? What, Sabu and Taz? Yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, even though, what, the infancy of the internet, like, it was just starting, and and people were like, even us, we already knew Sabu and Taz didn't like each other. Right. So it was like it was always kind of like yeah I don't know that you know <laughs> but I mean you know how it is you just never say never in a wrestling bit you never say never in anything man exactly but, yeah but that was that was kind of like like okay man if they if if because I mean Sabu is a is to, in my opinion from what I dealt with him is a lot easier to deal with than fucking Pete mm-hmm. because he's like no brother you know this is what we're gonna do you know and Sabu he would tell me what what he wanted to do and i would be like okay well i'm gonna throw this in and he'd be like okay what do you want to do but not taz mm-hmm. taz is like no i'm gonna throw your jerky ass all over the fucking ring and you're gonna get up and then feed me for more and i'm gonna <laughs> throw you some more you know like yeah, this, is man, not, this is man i'm this not is, mikey if this you is not mikey, a democracy right <laughs> yeah if you want mikey he's over there fuck i i don't i can't do this shit man i mean yeah you know i i don't know how old i was but yeah i, I probably could have and i probably still did because I, I worked as on so many shows that were never filmed that i know of anyway mm-hmm. the next match here 
is uh, the one that I have the least amount to say on because I did not enjoy it at all. It is Sandman and Tommy Cairo in a Dueling Canes match. Stunk. Um, yeah, it, it was. this was bad. And during what the ring introductions, what, what I did write down here during the ring introductions was, and I don't mean to be, I don't care, whatever. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but they introduce woman. Then they introduce the first lady of ECW, Peaches. And I, I wrote down, no fucking comparison. Period. End of story. No comparison between these two women. Don't even try it. But there had to be somebody on one of them independent shows that Todd ran at a bar before Peaches. <laughs> no, was it Angel? It would have been Angel, right? No, it would have been Peaches. Oh, uh, well, then she's the first lady of ECW. <laughs> and, and that's how you should have introduced her, I guess. Eh, the first lady of ECW. Well, Sam Man wins this match. The- but I put it's the Battle of the Lodge members. Like, these guys look like they're the Elks. And they just don't like each other. Yeah. It's and just, then and the loser has to pay the other's tab from the last time they were there. Yeah. It's like 12 bucks. And then Peaches is yelling out that yeah, Peaches is yelling out that the other fucking broads got like twenty four dollars in Kino tickets. <laughs> I'm not I'm not paying for that. What's the matter with you? Who's paying for all these pull tabs? God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> pull tabs. <laughs> pay for your pull tabs, Tommy Cairo. <laughs> You, you spent $27 and you won four. What's the matter with you, Tommy Cairo? How are you going to afford peaches? Sandman like I said, takes, and... off, Sandman takes off his shirt in the match. Sandman takes off his shirt in the match, even though there wasn't any chance of show your tits. But he did it anyway. And <laughs> yeah, then it was, the other, but it was in my living room. I'm the one that was chanting to show your tits. The, the other question I have, I wrote down, is, Tom, is Tommy Cairo Firebreaker Chip's dad? I think he's Oof. Firebreaker Chip's dad. I, I, I don't even, I you, you said that so fast that I don't even have enough time to even write a joke about that. I, I Firebreaker Chip? I, um, no, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that he is. Uh, why? Because of his, uh, of his stoutness, yeah. Are you making like, are, you, are, are you making fun of his the, of uh how he looks like a like a fire hydrant? <laughs> I, I was like, he, he, I was like, he think he's Firebreaker Chip's dad. Well, there you go, Fire Hydrant. He's he's Fire Hydrant Chip. Fire Him hydrant and his dad, Tom. Fire Hydrant Tom, and Firebreaker Chip. They can go out there and they can fight fires <laughs> and get no heat. Yeah. I mean, they don't even know how to use the fucking fire, you know, the little <laughs> the thing on the side of the road. They, they just come with buckets of water and, and hope for the best. They don't even, they don't even know how to use a fire hydrant. Show up, in a fire, show up in a fire truck like you'd see on Keystone Cops or some shit. <laughs> oh, and it's a pump? And then all of a sudden they realize they stole a milk truck? And they're all like, what the hell is this? Their tag team name is The Worst Responders. <laughs> <laughs> The nobody wants responders. That sounds like my emails for all the jobs I've been playing for. <laughs> Sandman wins this match. Less said the best. Wasn't good. It was stunk. And uh, we move along to a match that I did like. Sabu versus Shane Douglas for the ECW title. I like this match a lot. Aaron, I you, what's that? I laughed I laugh my ass off when Sabu busted through that fucking wall. <laughs> insane <laughs> dude that wall was that wall was so pitiful <laughs> but it was so fucking funny <laughs> i mean it was i mean that's all that's all that separated them rubes in that arena from the locker room was that just one piece of sheetrock with a two by four and then another piece of sheetrock like 
you know, I'm sure you guys have gotten all blown up and thought that, if, yeah, I could punch this sheetrock. Not that hard. <laughs> Not the hardest thing in the world to do, you know? Yeah. But, like, I, I did it in front of Jess, and she wasn't even impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she was just more impressed with the fact that the next day I went down and spent like $139 and repaired it. This match itself, like you said, Aaron, that was, that was great when he came through the wall, but... I like the theme of the match, the way the match has worked, and I also like the fact that they're you have they're sh- trying to kind of show the two sides here. They're trying to promote obviously Shane as the wrestler and Sabu as you know the insane guy. Who's the future? What's the future of pro wrestling? Is the theme kind of of this match? And I thought Bobby these Fitch. two, Bobby, <laughs> Fitch <is the> <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> I thought these two guys worked really well together in this match. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I, I mean, Aaron, if you want to go first, I mean, I have a little more extensive knowledge of it, but I would, I like to hear your opinion on it. It's like Nate said, I like the match. I like the fact that it was like the battle for the future and, and like Sabu's insane and, and he's kind of what ECW wants and Shane's the wrestler. And that's why he's kind of the, the heel of the situation. And, um, the only thing I, thought was i didn't know if sabu legitimately fucked himself up and like knocked himself out and that's why they went with the count out or if that was like the planned finish yeah i that that i don't know i i just know that it, it was one of them um deals where at the hotel you know the radisson mm-hmm. in, in philly where we all stayed and you know you, you know me i'm a guy who has to know things so I'm not staying in my room. I'm going down into the lobby. I want to see what's going on. Right. And it was constantly Paul coming in and him and Sabu. And, you know, it's just, it was like the whole entire night. Like, you know, I, I guess there was maybe an, an alternate finish that, you know, that, that could have been implemented. Mm-hmm. That I don't know of. <clears throat> but uh, my my point was, I'm just thinking like, because Sabu never does jobs for one, right? And did he do a clear job? Count out. Oh, okay, so it wasn't a clear job. All right. Also, but, so, uh, also during the match, the lights go out, and oh, then well. when they that, come that, back, they're in the ring. So I'm assuming that just means the power went out for everything, because <laughs> yeah, the power went out in the fucking neighborhood. It wasn't even the building. It wasn't even an angle. <laughs> it was just the power went out in the whole entire block. EC, ECW as a promotion has the worst luck with power outages. Well, they got to pay the bills. <laughs> you know, pay your bills, Tommy Cairo. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like Tommy Cairo is the fucking. He's the. He's like the janitor at the building, and, he pay, and he's and he's also paying the bills at the building. <laughs> and, 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 and like when they say Tommy Cairo, pay your bills. It don't mean just the peaches. It's the, you know, bg and <laughs> There's a reason we gave you all these goddamn keys. You're responsible for this. Place. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to unlock these doors. You got to make sure this water's running. What's the matter with you, Tommy Cairo? <laughs> I mean, any, anybody wearing, like, black tape around your arms and just wearing jeans with no shirt on? Notice how conveniently the lights never go out during Tommy Cairo's matches. Oh, he, he, he knows how to – he has that a little uh, – that gimmick setting thing when you're how you can set the the lights <laughs> to save money. <laughs> he he's setting the lights to where it dims out later on after he's done. What a boob. Good night. So next up is what? Hangman Page and Bobby Fitt. Oh, that's that's Wait. <laughs> Well after the after the Sabu, uh like I said, like Aaron said, there's a count out finish here with Sabu and Shane. 
And then we get a uh, round of choke slams. One to Shane Douglas, one to Mr. Hughes, and one to Angel from 911. Crowd chants 911. We fade to black and we come back in, and it's the Funks. Terry and Dory versus the Public Enemy. In a barbed wire match, I've been <laughs> I've been waiting to watch Dory Funk in a barbed wire match. He's got God. like he's got like oven mitts. He's got like the, <laughs> the fucking the, the thing they put on you when they're gonna do an X ray at the dentist. Yeah. He's just he's <laughs> the, the big fucking the big fucking like heavy ass thing. <laughs> they, he comes he comes kind of saundering out between his age and the weight of the vest it takes him forever to get to the ring oh dude they're like man dory Dory, you showed up prepared for your match he's like what this is my saturday outfit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and he and he thinks he's he thinks he's still going to like lunch or something this is out of the cracker barrel yeah yeah somebody has to direct him and he's like no it's right out here you got you got to go out here (laughs) <laughs> there's like through this curtain. That's that's where you gotta go. And he's just like, oh, oh. Dude, I mean, I got. I don't have a bad thing to say about Dory. I just don't know if he knows what planet he lives on. Well, like we say, like we say every week when we when we're joking on him. I I would never say anything disrespectful about Dory Funk as a wrestler in his prime in the sixties and seventies or whatever. I'm just all I can comment on is 1994 Terry yep. Funk. Or Dory Funk and ECW because that's what I'm watching. Like and, you can see, you can see the starry eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just see the fact that I mean, you know that he knows what he's doing because he's done it so much, right? But he's going at the yeah, end of the day. It's just like he's going through the motions. Yeah, but at the end of the day, does he really know what he's doing? <laughs> because he's just done it so much. Yeah, it's like when Vern Gagne killed that guy at that fucking old folks home. Well, I don't know anything about that, and I wasn't there. <laughs> I've never been with Fern Gagne in the old folks' home. <laughs> nor, nor do I have any desire. Is he still there? No, he's dead. Who, Vern Gagne or the old folks' home? Well, Vern Gagne killed a guy in an old folks' home. Oh, I don't know anything about that. That's a whole, yeah, that's for a whole different heat. show. Yeah, ask Archie Mitchell. There you go. Ask Archie Vern Mitchell Gagne about that. Vern Gagne turned heel like 89. Vern Gagne turned heel? Yeah, at 89 years old, he killed a guy. I don't know anything about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some research on Vern Gagne oh, killing a guy. It's insane. it's insane. It's an insane story. Vern but- <laughs> Gagne and Archie Mitchell killed a guy <laughs> in in 1989. <laughs> I I am appalled. I can't believe that he's a listener to this show and, and, a, and, and a and a you know a follower of, the, of our page. I mean, of all the people, Archie Mitchell. <laughs> Deplorable, it's despicable, and it's downright absurd. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some screening on my friends on my friends list on Facebook. I can't, ha- I can't be having this problem. You, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the legendary lemon-headed Funk Brothers versus the Public Enemy in a barbed wire match, and it's not impressive. Um, it's no, ter- no. Ter- Terry. Terry's the only one who is remotely entertaining in this match, honestly. Um, just being Terry, but there, I mean, there's, there's blood. I mean, that's there. There's barbed wire. That's there, but this isn't much of a match. Um, well, if I can, if I can just say, if I can just say one thing and I can say it and fucking, and, and Bory Funks Jr.'s defense is that he's used to working that, that Japan style mm-hmm. where you're supposed to get 35, 40 minutes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, you start out kinda, slow. It's yeah, it's kind of working up to it. And when you're at the ECW arena, you got to be kidding me. You know, <laughs> did, did anybody want to see me work nine one one for ten minutes? Right. No, mm-hmm. they, they knew what nine one one was there for. You know, and then when Terry, when Dory Funk came out, they wanted to see him and Terry just beat the shit out of people. And Dory's like, no, that ain't the way I do things. I got a nap. There's, <laughs> a re- there's a reason they call it a rest hold. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And the referee brings in a pillow as he puts him in like a sleeper hold. And and he's the one going to sleep. That's the worst when you put a sleeper hold on somebody and you're the guy going to sleep. <laughs> that happens to Dory Funk and Curtis Hughes, by the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've, you know, I, I've actually seen that one time. <laughs> I I didn't know that was a thing. I, 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 I didn't. We were leaving a we were leaving a show, and I think I actually worked him on that show. Or if I didn't, we had we had some sort of interaction on that show. Mm-hmm. And when we were leaving, somebody asked if anybody had seen Curtis, and I said, "Yeah, last time I saw him, he was laying down on the you know the bench thing, whatever." And I think the building closed up behind him. <laughs> like, I think they they just left him in there. So I'm sure a guy, of that, <laughs> I'm sure a guy of that caliber. With that kind of a background, he 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 found his way out. Yeah. Wakes up at I, wakes up at four in the morning. <laughs> Undertaker, big cat. <laughs> I'm used to breaking into places, not breaking out. <laughs> yeah. he's, bre- he's breaking out of the church, wherever they had the show at, like wherever wherever they had the big the big show on that movie, The Wrestler, with all the old old guys. It's the big cat. <laughs> this match up here starts the, uh, well, the fans start throwing the chairs in the ring during the match. Um, like I said, Terry's entertaining. He gets himself all wrapped up in barbed wire and, and it's just, of course, crazy Terry Funk in this thing. Um, the, but again, folks, I, if I was going to tell you not to watch a match, this would probably be one of them. I mean, I don't know. I just. Oh, you got to tell him to watch it just based upon Dory's appearance. <laughs> like them, that suspenders with the white thing whatever yeah watch the beginning anyway <laughs> I, I can't believe there wasn't a trip i can't believe the, the the arena didn't smell like gasoline because he he pulled in his fucking john deere in the locker room and he and he's like what what <laughs> you know and it just wasn't just running because didn't he look like he just got off work yes <laughs> I, I mean he had on he had on what a white like not even a white beater, but just like a white shirt, suspenders, jeans. He had the Little he mitts. had the head, <laughs> the lemon head. <laughs> I mean, that's a classic look right there. God, I can't believe I'm, we're going we're going to hell, guys. We're beating up we're, we're beating up like one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> Every single week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. God bless him. He showed up and he did his job and he bladed and got some citrus. I mean, he did his job. Yeah, and he looked like shit. He this forgot show, where the ropes were. He he don't know nothing. The show ends with the public enemy in the ring, covered in chairs. And uh, like I said, I, I, this this match is a match you show highlights from, but it's not a match you uh, you see you watch the whole thing. It's just not conducive for that. But. Oh, dude, that's a great. That's a very good point, Nate. I I totally agree with that because yeah, mm-hmm. that's not a match that you want to you know book what fifteen minutes of TV time or or for TV time probably what you know nine to eleven. Right. Yeah. 
This is a match where you you give me three and a half minutes of clips. You know, you show me Terry wrapped in barbed wire. You show the chairs flying in the ring. (laughs) You show Dory just one clip of Dory walking around aimlessly. (laughs) (laughs) Just just to get him on there. Yeah, just for a fact. He's just looking around, just like looking for somebody. And and Dory Funk, he's looking to cause some trouble. You think? (laughs) And then you cut to Terry doing something exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I I could I could just I, I would love to have sat in on the way that match. Oh well, you know, I probably it probably wasn't even booked. You know, it probably mm-hmm. wasn't even really talked about in the locker room of because they didn't do anything. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They they just yeah. walk around. Like they're going over the spots and they're like, We're gonna do this and we're gonna do that, and then I'm gonna do this. <laughs> Oh, and then, then I'll do this, and then they're like, Dory, what do you want to do?" He's like, "We're a headlock." Terry goes, and then Junior, you're gonna walk around like you're doing an airplane spin to Noba, and he's just like, "All right, all right." <laughs> That's about what it was, wasn't it? It's pretty much. <laughs> and Dory's like, uh, just like, "When am I gonna get my headlock?" I was waiting for Dory. I was waiting for Joey Styles to yell out, Terry Funk's just taking it all in. Or Dory Funk's just taking it all in. You go, no. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to figure out where the fuck he's at. <laughs> you know, his wife's got to pick him up. <laughs> he, don't, he don't know what the fuck's going on. Poor guy. And who are these people that still, doesn't he still take bookings? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know he does aut- like conventions, like autograph signings and stuff. I don't know if he still wrestles or not. Oh, he still has the dojo, right? Yes. I mean, I'm sure he ain't the one that's actively in the dojo, you know, training people. But you would think that he would probably show, kind of show up. You would think. You would think Mar. You would think Mar. He would wheel him in. He does headlock just, class. This is a, a yeah. headlock week. Oh, we Marty. Marty's going to get a wax, a wax figure of him. <laughs> <laughs> and just set no, him up. In the... one. <laughs> well, you can't. It's not. That's not going to last forever. You, you're going to have to get the Dory wax Funk. one. Dory Funk has evolved into his own wax figure. They're just going to wheel this big fucking figure, Dory Funk, in it. Like, keep him away from the heater. <laughs> and then, anytime anybody asks him a question, somebody's going to go, "Yeah, you're doing good, kid. Yeah, we're going to what." <laughs> yeah, you don't have the authority that took the to talk to Dory's lithograph. <laughs> yeah, you haven't earned that right. Good Deliver. Lord, have we beat have we beat this guy into powder or what? This poor uh, guy, he's still alive. So I mean, there's still <laughs> ramifications that could possibly be happening. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck with Dory Funk. Do you? At this age? <laughs> the powder he's beaten into is Centrum. <laughs> Centrum. <laughs> He's been beaten in the scent. Look, even 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 the lovely Miss Jess is laughing over here. She's just trying to not get on mic. She's laughing, dude. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Well, you're not gonna you're not going out on a better note than that one. But that is our review of Heat Wave '94 overall. (laughs) Real quick, guys, (laughs) on a serious note, what did you think of this show? Oh, it's terrible. This is a bad show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, two good things on it. It, And seriously, there were like two good things on this entire show. I know, besides besides me and 
Oh, you and Mikey. Well, I, I was still a highlight of the show, Jess. Gave away the belt. So I gave away the belt. I still thought it was a highlight of the show because the crowd wanted to see me win, didn't they? And then I turned heel. I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that's what Paul wanted me to do, but I don't think I did a good job of it. But yeah, you know what I mean. But all in all, I thought this was. Uh, I mean, Aaron, you already just fucking shit on it. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that it was, in my opinion of ECW, from the time that I was there, I think it was a, it was a turning point of when shows were getting better. I, I didn't think it was a bad show. I, I really didn't think it was a bad show. I, I didn't think it was anything, like, you know, great. And, I, and it definitely wouldn't hold up to today's standards. But for the time period, I didn't think it was that bad. I think um, I think the, the Chad-Mikey match was good. The Funks are uh, uh, not Funk. I'm sorry. The Sabu Douglas match was good. I enjoyed that. Tommy and Tommy Cairo and Sandman was a stinker. Yeah, that stunk. And, but you're right, Chad. They're turning a they're turning a page here. They're they're starting to change. You know, they're changing Tommy Dreamer's gimmick. They've started you know introducing Sabu and Taz to each other. We've got Shane Douglas on his way <clears throat> here within about a month and a half. We'll have the NWA tournament where he throws down the belt. He's headed toward that. Um, hopefully this is the last we see a Dory. So, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're heading, like you're not, heading like not in personal life. No, just, no, no. Right. I don't want the, I don't want the man to die. I just don't want him on my TV. Like the next, the next time he does a match and he falls, he's going to, his Amber alert's going to go off or whatever. His fucking <laughs> little beeper and, and, and Marty's going to yell, help him. <laughs> he's down. <laughs> That's not good. I, I shouldn't say. I not should have said that. Well, of course we. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Oh, I'm just hoping that Marty don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't. No. If, he falls, no. if he falls on the ground, it's bad. But if he falls in the pool, it'll be all right. <laughs> Let the lemons float. Uh, he'll float right back up to the top. He's good to go. <laughs> that's that's all right. On that note, it's Dory Funk is buoyant as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are signing off, everybody. We're, for another edition. We are not we are not ending this show by saying Dory Funk is buoyant as fuck. <laughs> That's no, no 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 no. Come up with another way to end this show because I'm I cannot put my head to pillow knowing that you said ter- that Dory Funk is buoyant as fuck. It means he could float. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ever try to sink a lemon? You ever try to sink a lemon? You can't do no, it. No, I've never tried to sink a lemon. I, I don't have. I, I don't. I don't even know where I get lemons. I don't have lemons. I don't know. I I I know what you're saying. He looks like a lemon head guy, but I don't think he would float. I, I don't think he has enough substance. Actually, you're probably right. He don't have enough substance to sink. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the guy weighs an ashtray. Jesus. I'm taking us home. We're going home. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. <laughs> and we will see you next time around. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, guys. Uh, oh, sorry. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media. All rights reserved.